Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Hi, I'm Ali Spears and this is The Dirt where we dig deep with those helping to feed the world. Episode three, Becca Hilby. Becca um, from Farming with the Hilbies, and Becca is in Wisconsin, um, and we are just going to be kind of talking through uh, her experiences as a woman in agriculture and uh, her role in the industry. Um, so Becca, if maybe you could kind of start by saying just a little bit about you and kind of your background, uh, just to kind of get things rolling here. Sure. Um, so I am Becca Hilby. I'm from Wisconsin. I live in the very southwest corner of the state. Um, I'm like a mile away from Illinois and about 15 minutes from Iowa. So um, I can travel three states pretty fast. <laughs> I did not grow up on a farm, uh, but I was in 4-H when I was younger and I started showing dairy cattle. And then I went to college for dairy science, met my husband, and then here we are. So um, we live on his grandparents' farm and we raise steers and chickens and pigs this year. And then um, he also crop farms on the side, which I have nothing to do with. <laughs> um, and then my day job is uh, I'm a dairy farmer. Um, I've got a little herd of cattle in Platteville, which is about 20 minutes away from us. Um, mostly brown Swiss. I've got some Holsteins and a couple milky and shorthorns too. But um, we've got two kids, Sophia and Joe. They're three and one. They are... Uh, handful <laughs> but they love to help out on the farm so it's been really fun yeah and they are adorable um I'm just kind of following you through Instagram and stuff they are so cute so um good that you can get them involved too at a young age yes um, exactly so I know you kind of just touched on a little bit about you have your own kind of little dairy farm and stuff about how many uh head of cattle do you run with that um so dairy farm I work on that my cattle are at, I've, I'm milking about 15 um, of mine, and then we've got about 330 milking total, wow. and those are mostly Holstein. We've got a few jerseys and then my brown Swiss, but mostly Holsteins. Wow. Okay. So so big operation, really, in um, kind of grand scheme of things. What is the main product? Um, is it kind of all of that goes purely to milk, cheese? What's kind of it being used for? Our milk actually goes into butter for the oh. most part. Um, I don't know if you've heard of Quick Trip. Mm -hmm. uh, it's, yeah, so our milk goes to, we ship to Foremost, and then they make the butter for Quick Trip, like stick butter. Um, but, yeah, that's where ours mostly goes. Okay. Um, I guess, too, not to bring this to Corona, but have you guys been significantly impacted by everything, or what's kind of business looks like on your guys's end? We have not. Um, we did start milking our low group twice a day. We milk three times a day. We milked our low group twice a day. We were kind of anticipating that they were going to ask us to cut back on production. Mm -hmm. It never actually came to that, but it's worked out better for us to milk that low group twice a day. So we continued to do it, but we had a lot of farmers around us that had to dump milk and drop production and stuff. So it's, it's been affecting us, I guess, too. Last month, the milk price was not great. Yeah, yeah. Well, I'm glad you guys didn't, I guess, have significant um, 
kind of impact from that. But kind of too, I guess, could you maybe walk us through this, the process of like, you get the cow, you get there in the morning, like what does your kind of daily um, routine look like, I guess? So I, I feed calves and I also milk just depending on the day. Um, when I feed calves, I get there at five um, and I get their milk ready. They get fresh grain and water every day. So that takes a while. And then, you know, if they need bedding or if we have new calves, um, I take care of those. And then when I milk, I am there at 3.30 um, and we start milking them at four. Um, and then that is about a five to six hour process, depending on how chores go. Okay. Um, other than that, I, I take care of a lot of the vaccinations and um, herd health. So every day is a lot different for me. I but, never really uh, know until I get there. <laughs> um, but we try to plan the best we can. Right. Um, and then I guess too, so you said 300 cows, that's a lot of cows to be milking. Um, what is kind of your, like, what's the, um, I guess, ideal amount you guys are kind of getting from each cow in a day, I guess, daily um, output from them? We get around 90 pound herd average. So 90 pounds a day. Um, and that's split into the three milkings. Okay. Wow. Um, and I kind of, I guess too, just for those watching, I do not have a dairy background at all. Um, so I'm learning things as, as you guys are as well. Um, and to what, how many calves are you guys, um, having to feed, I guess, kind of, I'm sure it differs obviously Ooh. depending on seasons, but right now, maybe yeah. how many are you guys. This morning, I think I fed a little over 70 calves. Um, we raised all of our heifer and bull calves. So, um, we've got all of that. We probably average around like seven calves a week, I'd say, but okay. this last week, We've had a lot of calves. <laughs> so we've been really busy. Busy, busy. Uh, so to maybe for some people who kind of maybe like me are not super familiar with the dairy industry, um, you know, we say you're feeding the calves and maybe there's some questions of, okay, why are the moms not feeding them? Maybe could you kind of talk us through that a little bit as far as um, why kind of that's done and all of that? Sure. Yeah. So we take our calves away from the mom after a couple hours, um, after they have them, we let them lick them off and kind of stimulate them. It's really important. And then we pull them away. Um, we vaccinate them. We dip their navels with iodine so that no infection gets up in there. And then we, they also get a gallon of colostrum. Um, calves are not born with an immune system. So being in that environment, no how matter, no, wow. <laughs> it does not matter how clean you can keep the maternity barn. There's a lot of bugs that are pretty detrimental to calves. So we get them out of there um, and get them their colostrum, which has antibodies that they need to kind of kickstart their immune system. And then they are in individual pens when they're on milk. And this lets us keep just an individual eye on them every day. We know how much they're eating. We know how well they're drinking water and eating grain. And it kind of, if you want to compare it to like a preschool, if you send your kid to preschool with a bunch of other kids, they're always sick. Right. But, you know, when we can keep them in individual pens, we can reduce the risk of them spreading diseases to each other. And I mean, they still can get sick, but it's a lot easier to treat them one-on-one. Uh, -on -one. Right. So really it's, uh, it's efficiency as well. Just kind of keeping everything streamlined and everybody healthy and happy. Yeah. And safer for the calf too. Cause a lot of dairy cows um, are not super maternal. Mm -hmm. I think it's just something that's kind of been you know, dealt with over generations and stuff. They're just, they're not maternal like beef cows are. Right, so right. some cows reject their calves right away. 
I've seen them try headbutting them. They, you know, they try to stomp on them and stuff. So it's just really important that if a cow is aggressive towards her calf, we take it out sooner. Um, or if a cow needs assistance, we take it out sooner so that we can get the calf um, taken care of. But like in the wintertime too, we have calf warmers that we can put the calves in so that they dry off faster and then they don't get too cold. But Right. And so do you guys have, this may be kind of a dumb question, but do you guys have like a calving season or is it kind of year round calves coming? We calve year round. We don't calve our um, first time heifers in the wintertime though because um, their calves are a lot smaller and then usually the heifers as they're getting their udder development their teats can get you know poor poor udder health so right. we only calve heifers from March until December and then our cows calve year-round but there's typically less calves in the winter time which is nice. And then two I guess for heifers um, heifer calves do those kind of go right back into the the milking system or what um or they sold to other dairies, or what kind of happens in that regard? Um, all of our heifers we raise as replacements. Um, we have occasionally, after they freshen, we'll sell to local farmers if they're looking for fresh heifers, but we don't sell any heifers before they calve, typically. Okay, cool. Um, switching gears a little bit, what um, what is your experience as a woman, kind of being in agriculture and being in the industry and Maybe what are some challenges that you faced um, and kind of how have you overcome those? I think I've been pretty lucky um, in all my experiences. I don't, I've got one instance that is not really even that big of a deal. Um, it's the only thing I can ever think of that someone kind of judged me for being a woman. Um, when I was, I think in high school, maybe, I don't even know where I was, but someone asked me what I wanted to be when I grew up. And for a long time, I wanted to be a large animal veterinarian. Mm-hmm. Um, and I remember telling this person that, and he's like, well, you know, don't you want to do small animals? Like, you're a girl, you probably can't do large. <laughs> and I was just like, oh, okay. That was accepted. <laughs> yeah, so, yeah, challenge was accepted until I uh, got to college and took uh, chemistry my freshman yeah. year, and I was like, <laughs> okay, maybe this is not for me, but... <laughs> I just, that was like the only time that anyone's really ever done that. I've had really great mentors in my life and I've worked for uh, amazing people. So I really haven't had any other challenges as a woman. Mm-hmm. Um, I guess sometimes seed salesmen come to the farm and they always mistake me for the farmer's daughter. And I'm like, yeah. no, I just work here. But <laughs> once they get to know me, they they stop that. Figure it out. Figure it out. Yeah. That you're the, the muscles behind it all as well. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I didn't too. You mentioned your mom. How do you handle, you know, having a full-time job? That's a big time requirement and, um, being a mom and a wife and all your other adventures. How do you juggle all that? I don't. (laughs) (laughs) Um, you can see my house right now. It's a mess. (laughs) Uh, every day we just, we do what we have to do to get through, I guess. You know, I, I see some people and I like compare myself to them, which you know, you shouldn't on social media, but I'm like, wow, they have it all together, and I don't, um, but we, we just do the best we can. The kids, kids love being outside, which is great, because uh, at night after we put Joe to bed, um, my husband, Sophia, and I go out and feed our calves, and she loves being out there. Um, I clean the house when I have time, if I have time. Low priority. <laughs> you know, things, yeah, things pile up, but uh, thankfully, neither of us are like, we need the house clean, you know, stuff like that. So we just get it done. Um, 
the kids have a great daycare provider and we've got great family around us that watch the kids when we need them to. So every day we just kind of figure it out and pull through. Yep. Takes some time, right? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and sometimes the kids have to come to the farm with me and it takes longer, but we get done eventually. I'm sure they like that and they'll probably appreciate it as they grow up too. Yeah, I hope so. And you mentioned social media. Um, that's clearly, I mean, I found you through social media as somebody as kind of an advocate. Um, well, how do you think social media and everything else going on in the world, how does that kind of impact now trying to tell agriculture's story a little bit? I think it's a game changer. I mean, it's so easy to tell our story now, especially on Instagram with the stories that they have and then posts. Um, I started sharing, gosh, like five, six years ago, maybe. And I, it was really just pictures of calves. <laughs> and eventually I kind of started to like try to be educational about it. And I got burned out doing that. I like all my posts, I wanted to be perfect. I wanted to like have a point to them and, you know, be educational. And then eventually I was just like, this isn't really fun for me anymore. So then I kind of just started sharing my day to day. It wasn't always interesting, but uh, I kind of seem to get more people like asking questions and following along. So I think the fact that I took any pressure of like, I need to do this or I need to have something educational every day kind of made it easy for me. That's, uh, that's interesting. And actually my kind of at the closing, but since you kind of said that right now, I guess my, I have a question of like, since you are kind of in social media, as far as sharing your story, What's some advice that you might have for me? Kind of, I'm trying to start this new adventure and reconnect kind of to my agriculture roots. Um, but what, what can you offer me as advice as I'm diving into this? <laughs> um, honestly, just be yourself and share what you want, when you want. Don't think you have to like conform to anything. Um, I, I used to hate stories and I, I did not like taking video of myself. Like I still think it's weird sometimes, um, but I just... I don't know, the more I did it, the more comfortable I got with it. And then I kind of just started laughing at myself. So if I record something and I like totally messed up what I was trying to say, I was just like, I'm going to post it anyways, because yeah. I'm not perfect and no one else is perfect. And I feel like that yeah. just makes you more relatable to people. Yeah. Well, thank you. I think that, that helps a lot. I feel like sometimes there's a lot of pressure to like perfect post, perfect lighting, everything. And uh -huh. like, that's not the reality of it too. And so just keeping that in mind sometimes I think is important. Um, yeah, for sure. But I kind of showing the reality of things too. What do you think is the biggest misconception that people have about agriculture and specifically the kind of the dairy industry? Dairy wise, I would say um, I still have a lot of people that are surprised that there's no antibiotics in milk and that um, all, I don't think any fluid mark fluid milk on the market anymore has um, any artificial hormones. Mm -hmm. So, um, that's just one thing that it seems so simple, but it's still such a big misconception. But if we treat a cow, they have to, um, have all their milk in a bucket. We dump all that milk and before they go back in the tank, we test them for antibiotics. And if it's positive, they go in the bucket until they test good. Um, and our milk truck tests our milk tanks every day for antibiotics. So if our milk got pumped on that truck and it tested positive for antibiotics, the entire truck gets dumped and then we're responsible responsible to pay for the rest of that milk. So okay. milk is one of the most tested um, like food products on the market. So it's just, it's one of the safest too. And I don't think a lot of people understand that. 
Yeah. yeah. I think sometimes people just, it's just a little bit of a lack of education, but they don't realize the strict regulations and guidelines that mm-hmm. producers have to follow in order for their product to even meet the shelves. So, yeah. Um, yeah. yeah. I'm glad you kind of explained that because you definitely know more about the dairy side and all of that stuff than I um, can touch on. But I did just see, so for those of you who don't know, June is dairy month. And um, I did just see that you and uh, Cafet are battling this weekend for the milk. Calm down. <laughs> are you ready? What are you doing to prepare for that? <laughs> I'm doing nothing, which is probably <laughs> terrible. She looks like she's ready. I just saw her video. She's ready to take you down. I know. I'm a little scared. Um, I bought cups the other day, so I've got that. Um, I don't know. I'm just kind of banking on the fact that I'm from Wisconsin, and I like I was made to do this. <laughs> so we won't uh, talk about the fact that I've been out of college for like nine years, but it's fine. <laughs> we'll be fine. This is what you've been training for. This. This is what you're ready for. Yes. Uh, the routine has made you ready for this. Um, it's really, it's going to be awesome though. We are uh, raising money for Feeding America and we've already got almost $500 donated. So hopefully throughout the month, we just keep going and yeah, be able to donate a lot of money to, to them. Yeah. It's a, it's an awesome cause. If you um, don't know what we're talking about, go, please go check it out. Cause I think it will um, be something that will be fun and uh, hopefully a little educational too along the way. Um, I guess too, kind of as, well, good luck, Becca, first of all, um, and, uh, kind of can, to conclude this, I just wanted to see if there's anything that you kind of just wanted to say, um, any comments about anything, uh, agriculture, dairy, anything you kind of just wanted to share as a blanket statement. Ooh, um, first off, Marissa, <laughs> you're going down. Going down. Just, just I think saying that. <laughs> so we'll see what she has to say. I just, I appreciate uh, being on social media and getting to meet so many people like you and a lot of consumers as well. Um, sometimes you feel alone, I guess would be the word, um, on the farm. You know, you don't get out and like see many people, especially with COVID happening. It's just, it's a weird time. Yeah. Um, but the upside with COVID is I've seen so many donations being made, especially of dairy products to people in need. And it, I mean, it warms my heart to see all that. Um, and then uh, along with that, people are supporting their local farmers even more. Um, we've been selling brown Swiss beef and we were kind of getting to the point where we're like, okay, we're having a little bit of a hard time selling. Like, is this really worth it? Um, and then once this happened, there was a couple of groups on Facebook that I joined and we were pretty much sold out and people, you know, we didn't have quarters to sell anymore. So it's kind of been a blessing in disguise as hard as, as hard as it's been, but, um, hopefully people will just kind of keep buying our beef and we'll be able to grow from there. So. Yep. Well, support your farmers and thank a farmer if you're eating today, which hopefully everybody does. Um, (laughs) but Becca, thank you so much for your time. I really appreciate it. And, um, I hope you have a rest, rest, a great rest of your day. Thank you. You too. Thanks for tuning in to this episode of The Dirt. Don't forget to follow us on social media at AgChicks and that the visual version of every episode can be found on YouTube on our AgChicks channel. We'll see you all next time.